It's time to step into the more that God has for you. This is Eunice Lai, and I would like to welcome you to today's episode of Beyond the Building with Laura Pereno and Debbie Kiever of the Beyond Women's Conference. Hi there, everybody. Welcome back to Beyond the Building. My name is Laura, and I'm with Debbie Kiever today, and we are in our new series on the armor of God. Last week, we had the opportunity to talk about prayer and how important it is to have prayer in all of our walks and everything we do, especially when it comes to standing in the middle of a spiritual battle and putting our armor on. Now, today we're going to talk about the belt of truth, and we're going to see that it is the first thing that we need to put on. And the reason that we put it on is so we can know what is true and so we can recognize deception. We've called today's podcast, How to Recognize Deception. I think this is something we need every day of our lives in the times that we're in and in the times we'll be going into. But there are so many things we hear people constantly asking, what is the truth? You know, if we watch the news these days, we're coming up on an election. We have a pandemic that is still going on around the globe. And how many people are saying when we hear the news or we hear reports or we read things on social media, is that true? You know, what is the truth? How are we supposed to respond to a global pandemic? What is the truth about how to respond correctly? What is the truth about the numbers? And then we can look at uh, our election or our political system and we can say, who is speaking the truth? That's what we all want to know. But praise God that when it comes to our perspective, we can keep our truth grounded where truth is, right? In the word of God, the only true standard that is out there. And when we judge everything else by that standard, we will know which way to go. Laura, we are holding this whole podcast teaching based on Ephesians 6 uh, in verse 10 uh, through the, really through the um, verse 20. And so let's take a look at verse 11 and then specifically the verse for today. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. It continues to talk about how the struggle that we have is not against flesh and blood. We talked about that last week. It's an unseen enemy, but he works in a very real way in our lives to attack us. So it says in 14, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. The belt of truth. That's a soldier. That's a soldier term. That's right. That's right. Debbie, if you remember last week, we talked about the fact that when Paul was writing the book of Ephesians, he was in prison, probably under house arrest. And that meant he was probably chained to a Roman soldier. And so he would have looked at the Roman soldier and would have said, every single piece of armor that you have on in the natural, I have on in the spiritual. And so he starts with the belt of truth in Ephesians 6 because a Roman soldier, when he was putting on all his gear for the battle or for taking his stand wherever he was supposed to stand that day, he always put his belt on first. Now, an interesting thing about this belt, you know, it's not like a belt that you and I would wear or we would buy at our favorite store. This was a a pretty wide belt. Maybe you've seen pictures of it. But on this belt were hooks and places to attach 
so many pieces of the rest of his armor. And so when he was putting his belt on, the next thing he puts on his breastplate of righteousness, well, don't you know the breastplate had a place to connect or hook into on his belt? So if a Roman soldier did not have his belt in place, things would shift or move in places that they weren't supposed to shift or move. Every single one of these things, Deb, is a picture of what happens when we don't have our belt in place. You know, if, if the pieces of his armor were not attached to the truth, things would not stay in place and things around him would start to shift. It's the same with us. If we don't have the truth of God's word in place and everything attached to it, things will start to shift in the way that we are thinking or perceiving or viewing our circumstances or what's going on in the world. We have to have the belt on first and everything connected to it. So the big place you have to start with is how do you define truth? Just like you were saying at the beginning, what is the truth, you know, about what somebody is saying or a medical, uh, what's the CDC saying is the truth right now? Well, what is God's standard of the truth? What does he say? You know, the word truth is used 137 times in the word of God. And ultimately, the truth is God's opinion on a matter. That's it's right. what God is declaring to be true, that is what is true. That is our definition of truth. In the Greek, it's described that truth is uh, something that is true no matter what the matter is under consideration. So Amen. the variables of what decade you're talking about or what your environment is like, it doesn't fluctuate away from what the truth is. Uh, there's a there's an analogy that is brought up in Amos seven eight where uh, there's the truth of the word is um, paralleled to a, a plumb line. Uh, someone who's got a construction business knows what a plumb line is. It's a string that has a weight on the bottom. And when you want to determine that a wall is plumb, it means that the wall is completely vertical to gravity, right? It's, it's, it's aligned with gravity. And we all know that gravity is one of those things you can't argue. Mm -hmm. You know, I, if I'm going to jump off this this deck, I'm not going to argue and gravity is going to win and I'm going to go straight down. So this plumb line is literally lined up against a wall. And when the wall is said to be plumb, it means it lines correctly perpendicular right there along with gravity. And that's what he says his word is. He said, yeah. Israel, you know, I'm, I'm looking at your lives and you are not to plumb. You know, you have you've strayed away from what my standard is. And the challenge is, let's say, Laura, we had 10 people in a room and everybody's going to give an opinion on whether a wall is straight. There's yes. going to be 10 opinions <laughs> and that's one right. of them might be correct. Who has the plumb line? That's right. Right. Because they, they're using a standard that's a non-negotiable standard. And and God is saying that's what my truth of my word is. It's non-negotiable regardless of what your circumstances are. Now, if that's the truth, what is deception? Well, it's everything that doesn't line up with truth. That's right. Sometimes it, it it's obvious that something is not aligned correctly with the word of God. And but I would say more often than not, it's it's an illusion. It looks close, but it's not completely lined up. It's either got to be all true or it's it's false. It's one or the other. Uh, my parents are, are golfers and I, my my career in golfing is like putt putt, 
golf, <laughs> but they are definitely they are definitely golfers. And they there's this great analogy. If let's say you're standing on the tee and you're going to hit your golf ball towards the green, and you have lined it up to the best of your ability, and you hit the golf ball, but you are one degree off from that straight line between you and the, the hole. Just one degree, it doesn't seem like much, and you're like, ah, that's close enough. Well, right at the tee, it doesn't make much difference, but you go 200 yards down the fairway, and that one degree has now deviated quite a large amount away from that straight line, and you're not gonna end up on the green. How many times, Laura, do we, we, we Go ahead and make a decision based on what we think is the right decision, based on truth, based on our opinion. And it looks okay when we start off, but down the road, we start realizing, man, that decision has really veered me away from what I know God would have for me. I mean, here's an example. Let's say you are looking for the choice that God has for you for a mate, you know, for your spouse. And He's close enough, but not quite where God would, you know, the right match for you, like the person that really loves the Lord. Ah, I think I can get him, you know, to to come around and see the truth. And so we settle. We settle right off the beginning. It's, it's not a problem while you're dating, but further down in that relationship when you're married, you realize how far that relationship has strayed from where God wants it to be. It's deception. It's because we started off in the wrong um, the wrong direction, even if it's just by a little, little bit. Yep. You know, that's interesting you would say that, Deb, because really the basis for so much of this podcast uh, series is from Priscilla Shire's Armor of God book that I did a Bible study on, what, four or five years ago, and now I'm actually doing the same Bible study again. And so it is so important that you keep your eyes on the truth, like you were just saying, when you make monumental decisions in life, mm -hmm. and then when you make small decisions in life as well. Something like choosing a spouse doesn't seem like it's just one degree off, but the reality is that further down the line, you've made a lifelong commitment, and now you're in a place you may not want to be. One of the things we also find about the way that the enemy works, and one of the ways we need to really uh, keep our eyes open when we are trying to uh, see if we're being deceived or recognize deception is the fact that uh, lies or deception sometimes come in pretty packages. And we all know that. There are often times where we will go for something that seems pleasing to the eyes. You know, we can think about Eve's story here too, which we'll talk about in a minute. Seems pleasing to the eyes, seems to be something that will satisfy our needs for the moment. And it's wrapped in a pretty package and, and we go for it only to find out that all because it was pleasing to the eyes and, and, and what we desire with our feelings, it is not, you know, it's just covering up something that actually is a lie to deceive us to go away that we should not go. Laura, I know that you have seen me do this before. I've taught kids for years and there is something that I have, it's a it's something I've done, and unfortunately, it's one of my trademarks that um, people refer to this visual, <laughs> this object lesson, but this idea of sin being uh, packaged in a very pretty way that if you're not careful, you will fall, you'll fa fall hook, line, and sinker, right? So I would have, whether it's a room of teenage girls or I would have this 
room of uh, elementary kids that I taught, I would bring this big chocolate brownie, like a Giardelli brownie, like really rich and, and smelling <laughs> yeah. amazing, right? Yeah. And yeah. and I would offer to the kids, who wants, who wants, we're going to do like a game and whoever wins gets this brownie. Well, everybody wants to be part of it. Everybody wants to win. And so as I began to play the game, I said, oh, I need to tell you something. <laughs> Inside this brownie, when I was making it, I accidentally dropped a small piece of my dog's poop. And immediately the room gets quiet and they get anxious. And I'm like, it's just a small dog. It's just a tiny little poop. And it was dry anyway. So it's not, you know, and I just, they're starting to gag. I'm like, but it's brown. It blends in. This Giardelli brownie is so rich and so chocolatey. You'll never notice it. And now nobody wants it. Right, right. And and yet the pretty package of it drew everybody in right away. Mm, And mm. the thing that that cracks me up is, so what is true? It's either Mm. all the way true Mm -hmm. or it's not. Mm -hmm. So the reference the kids will use is, is there a little poop in that brownie? You know, it is either all chocolate Mm. or it's not. And that little tiny bit of, you know, poop that I told them was there, which wasn't actually a truth all the time, it ruined it. Yeah. So that's such a, you're not kidding. You have to yeah. be really careful to really ask the one who knows what's on the inside. That's right. That's right. You know, deception can trip us up because it comes in a package, like you said, that's very attractive or desirable to what we think that we need. And sometimes deception can come in these pictures or these people or ideas or or situations that look like everything we ever wanted. I think really so many times we go back to social media on so many things. Social media can deceive us in so many ways, whether it's, you know, we are even creating an illusion of ourselves to put out there. Is what we're putting out there on social media really the truth? Are we seeing other things that out there that are out there and are we being deceived by what we're seeing that life is not all just you know peaches and cream and and you know butterflies and and rainbows that there really is a different perspective um, when we see what the truth is but from the very beginning deb the enemy's plan has been to deceive us into thinking that there is no truth and that what god said is not what's truth. You know, the enemy wants us just like Eve in the garden. How many times do we hear from the Lord? And and I'll tell you, I struggled with this even with my move. I knew what God was telling me and what I had to do. I knew it for months and months. And yet when, when I knew the Lord was putting on my heart, you need to get up, leave it all behind and go to another place that I'm going to lead you to. I'm telling you, Every single time was the voice of the enemy saying, is that really God or is that you? Is that really God or is it X, Y, or Z? I knew what the truth was, but I wanted I wanted something to go a different way. I didn't want to jump into that different move. And so I would often you know, follow that voice that was trying to deceive me or take me away from where I was supposed to go. It's constantly, uh, the enemy is constantly trying to make us think that A, there is no truth. So therefore there is no belt of truth and make us think that even if there is a, a belt or a standard, you know, did God really say that you need 
like that belt? Did God really say that you need to follow that rule? Is it, how many times do you hear, well, it's culturally defined. You know, what God said in the Bible, it doesn't, it doesn't apply to today anymore. Truth does not change. The enemy would like to say, did you really need that belt? But we know the, the truth and the standard that we need to stick with. <laughs> He's probably saying, do you really need that belt or can you get away with stretchy pants? Can you have <laughs> an elastic, you know, waistband? Because yeah. that'll hold everything up just like you mm. like. you like. And what woman, right, does not mm. own some elastic pants, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's for those big dinners. I have I have um, exercise shorts that I use when I walk my dogs, and on these exercise shorts I clip. Uh, it's a magnetic clip. I carry my cell phone that way, but I will tell you that over years the stretchiness loosens. So there is the the pants and the clip work fine, but there's when there's a certain amount of weight pressure pulling down on those elastic bands there's a time where you don't trust those elastic mm, bands mm-hmm. so the enemy gets us to trust in something mm-hmm. that's not the truth and it holds up initially yep and we start telling people see we were okay yep we didn't need that standard that god had we're doing okay without him yep. until the pressure comes yep and then it doesn't hold up yep you know just like the belt we need a belt or the Roman soldier needed a belt to hold it all together. And we're going to talk as we go through all these different pieces of armor that everything went back to the belt. Every piece of armor went back to the belt. But just like every piece of armor went back to the truth, the world needs an unchanging standard of truth. And until we recognize that and base everything on it and live according to an unchanging standard of truth, we will live in a world with chaos and heartache and pain that we bring on ourselves because we are not walking according to God's ways. You know, if we were to go back to the garden um, of Eden, and we know the story, right? Adam and Eve, they were in a perfect place. They walked with God. They were in a perfect garden with the creator, the perfect creator, the one who is truth, right? Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, the life. The one who is truth, the warrior God, the one who gives us his armor. That's who Adam and Eve were walking with. And when you talk about just being off that one degree, let's think about Eve. We talk about big decisions and little decisions. Choosing to eat a piece of fruit that day, probably she would not put up there on the board like life-changing decision, right? (laughs) This is not, when we pick what we're gonna eat, that is not life-changing decision. When we pick who we're gonna marry, life-changing decision. Here she is in this perfect place where they have walked and talked with God. There's unbroken fellowship in a place where there's no sin, death, or disease. And the enemy twists one small, what we could call small truth into a lie. We know that all truth, you know, it's not small. It is the truth, a truth. And if it can happen in a perfect garden, if one woman, one man, could be deceived when they were walking and talking with God, then how much more aware and alert should we be, like one woman, one man, walking in an imperfect world, in a fallen world, we should be looking for deception at every single turn. 
And that includes in the church. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. We have a tendency to put uh, leaders who who have very great um, speaking ability, who have done amazing things for God. We tend to put them on a platform, a pedestal, and not discern with discernment listen to what they're saying we're like well certainly he knows what he's you know what his business is and he walks with the lord Mm -hmm. and you just listen to what they're speaking and you're not again challenging it with what the truth is with the words we should never put a person in the place of the standard of the word that's right you have to discern everything that they're saying because then think about it we've seen plenty of big very public figures that have moral issues that come out. Yep. You know, where now you start challenging everything that they ever said. Yep. And it's not that everything they've ever said is wrong, but if you're basing your faith, your standard is based on what they're saying, as opposed to the aligning with just the word of God, you're kind of setting yourself up for a problem because yep. they're, they are not perfect. Yep. Yep. That is right. And when you think about Adam and Eve walking in this garden, walking with the warrior god right the one who gave us his armor the one who has always been a warrior is a warrior and will always be a warrior that he is the one who is the truth and he has it for them when we think about the god that we serve and how majestic and awesome and mighty he is and the future that he has for us and what is written out in the in the word on where we are going right if we're in him adam and eve traded the truth of this mighty warrior eternal god for the lie of a serpent amazing and when we choose to give our allegiance or our trust to anything other than the word of the warrior God, the eternal God, the one who was, is, and, and will be, the one who, you know, has the, at the end, is the one that is worshiped by every tribe, tongue, and nation. When we choose to give up that truth for something so uh, temporal, a serpent, the the deception of something so temporable temporable uh, sorry temporal when we choose to give up the truth of this amazing god for something that is so trivial i think we have to someday we take a step back and we say what was i thinking when i really gave up all of that you know my allegiance and my trust and my honor in god for something that is so um trivial yeah, I think that someday we look back at that. And, and I know you and I were talking earlier, sometimes the decisions that we are tempted to make, if they are something that is walking away from the truth of God's word, we are tempted to justify it and make it sound not so bad. But if we saw someone that we love or a friend or someone who comes to us for advice and they tell us the same thing that we're going through and they tell us that they're thinking about following a lie, what would we do? We would jump in and we would say, don't do it. Like you're walking away from the truth. This isn't the best that God has for you. And yet when we are the ones walking that way, we will trade the truth of God for a lie. We will trade where we should be walking for something that is going to lead us to a place of heartache or pain or shame, which is basically another place that Adam and Eve walked. Such a reminder to choose your friends wisely. 
Yes. Right? Because we are influenced by our friends. So you want to surround yourself with people who are also making their goal to live according to the word. Because Amen. a good friend will call you on it. Yep. Right? If you're just traveling with, you know, birds of a feather flock together, right? If, you're, if everybody's not worried about that standard, then how much easier it is to yep. get off track. You know, yep. it's so important, Laura, that we, like we this title, we recognize what deception is, what it looks like in our lives. Because one of the huge, huge purposes of this belt of truth is that it brings stability mm -hmm. for us. It brings stability in our walk with the Lord and our decision-making. It, it brings stability in our emotions, our mental health, our relationships have more stability. And so we like to draw this parallel between um, the belt of truth and the core, your core strength. I don't know about you, but I really do not love crunches. No, I'm right there I, with you. I don't love planks, right? <laughs> I know that there are people who do, and I don't fall in that category. But I did, I did work for almost 30 years as a physical therapist, and so much of the emphasis, regardless of the kind of patient that came in, I was working on their core strength because mm -hmm. it had everything to do with their balance and their ability to be stable and not have more injury. When you think about it um, from a physical standpoint, you have your spine and all of these ligaments and all of these muscles that are all connected with this with this spine and everything needs to be, first of all, in proper alignment. Amen. Think of how many people have uh, back issues because one of their vertebrae has gotten out of alignment. And yep. it doesn't just impact that level of the vertebrae. It hurts the muscles around it. You get one thing off track and then it ends up hurting mm. the whole back and now other parts of your body that you didn't even think about. Now they're sore too. <laughs> so for each of us, what a parallel. We have got to start with the alignment of everything that we believe based on the truth, which is the word. And then our strength is our, the spiritual muscles are literally connected to that spine of the word of God, right? We want, we want everything to be like all the pieces of the armor connected to the truth. Yep. We want our belief systems. We want the way we uh, speak to people, everything else just to, to anchor in to what is true which is the word and that's what gives us a lot of stability it helps us be able to uh stand up firm you know mm -hmm. we always talk remember your parents were always like stand up straight you know yes. like <laughs> sit in your pants like all these different yes. things your parents said to try to get your posture better and if gosh if we don't have a generation now of slumped over people mm. right it's all too much zoom but, <laughs> but we, people say you know stand up straight well think about it when you have your your spiritual life in alignment with the word of God, you, your convictions stand up straight. Yep, that's right. You are able to uh, not get pushed around as much yep. by people's opinions. And not only that, you can stand up longer. Your endurance yep. is better. When somebody has a bad back, it, it's putting strain on muscles that were never intended to be carrying that kind of weight. And they just, they fatigue faster. So just this idea of, of posture to prepare you for when there's sudden um, disruptions, when there's, yep. you know, I have patients where I would walk with a walker with them. We t worked on standing straight because you never know when your foot might trip on something or, mm. or your dog might run ahead of you mm. and, and, or mm. your grandchild chips into you. Those sudden shakeups, yep. if your core strength is not strong, you are much more likely to fall. 
And so that's why we, we did a lot of emphasis on that because life is like that. Yep. Life is full of unforeseen challenges that come in and hit you out of nowhere. Yep. You know, one thing, Deb, I always think about with core too, is if you don't have good posture, um, I know I read a long time ago that uh, if you're not standing up straight, then your rib cage does not allow for your lungs to expand the way that they need to expand to get all of the air in that is healthy for us to get all of the oxygen. And we know how important oxygen is for so many things in our lives. Um, more and more data comes out about that all the time, but we can't get the appropriate amount of air in when we're not standing with good posture and good core strength. Think about that even from a spiritual place. You know, when you think about taking in the air, when you think about breathing, there's an element of rest to that. There's an element of uh, rejuvenation. There's an element of getting life to all the places, all the cells that are going on in our bodies. If we don't have good core strength based on the word of God, if we don't have that belt on, we are not going to be able to, let's call it, breathe correctly, right? We're not going to be able to get the air into the places where we need the air. And if we don't have the oxygen, how many times do we talk about, you know, we want to breathe in uh, what God has for us. If we don't have that oxygen flowing appropriately, then what's going to happen? The air is not getting to where it needs to go. Uh, poor posture is going to take us from a place where we can breathe appropriately. And that is so important in the days and times. I don't know about you, for the first uh, few weeks of quarantine, I was pretty, uh, my schedule was pretty open. But there is something that has happened. I don't know if everything that was supposed to happen during quarantine is happening right now, but my schedule is very full. If I am not grounded on the truth of God's word, I will not have a way to take the time in order to breathe and rejuvenate the way I need to. In addition to that, another thing that really goes along with um, posture is stretching. And I have done some holy yoga, holy yoga classes in the past and understand the benefit of stretching, you know, flexibility that comes with stretching and all of these different things. Why is stretching an important part of our core strength and how does that relate to us as uh, spiritual beings, as women and men who want to follow after God? Well, stretching improves our core strength. I remember the first time I took that class, I was blown away at the ab muscles that are deep, deep, deep that I've never hit before, and they were only hit with stretching. We will find out more of the truth of God and who he is when God stretches us. What does that mean? That means when he takes us to a place where we are out of our comfort zone. I mean, you can think about it with anything. How many times do we say, um, I tried something new today. I'm, I'm trying to stretch myself. I'm trying to expand to a place where I'm in including more or trying something new. When God stretches us, when he takes us out of our comfort zone and puts us in a new place of ministry or, um, I don't know, uh, talking to somebody or having coffee with somebody we may not have had coffee with before, whatever that looks like, when God calls us out of our comfort zone, when he stretches us, we get this flexibility um, going inside of our spirit that the next time that he calls us out of our comfort zone we're just a little bit more flexible and a little bit easier to say yes i know for myself talking about this transition i would like to say that this last transition has given me greater core strength so that when god calls me next time to jump out of my comfort zone in a major way that i would say 
wow, I will go with you, Lord, because you've proven yourself faithful in the past. Um, we have to be flexible when it comes to things of the spirit, not flexible in the truth, right? right? It has to be the word of God never changes, but our flexibility needs to go in with when he is asking us to do something, we can go back to the truth of the word of God that never changes, knowing that we can go where he's calling us to go, that we can be flexible to go where he's leading us because we have the standard, the truth of God that we are holding on to. And all of his promises are true. They're all sure. And we will make it through every place that he leads us if we have that flexibility going on, knowing that God's word is true and the standard for us. One of the things that is a benefit of having a very strong core is you are less prone to injury. It doesn't mean you will never have an injury. It just means you are less prone to having an injury. Um, I think of you know, people who we start developing their core strength, then when they have a sudden jolt, mm -hmm. it doesn't tear a muscle because they are suddenly twisting. Mm -hmm. Or if they have a really strong core, the prolonged strain of something, a repeating task is less likely to uh, damage them. The same thing spiritually. If you really are solid in your knowledge of the word of God, then the sudden onslaught, maybe somebody offends you. Mm -hmm. Right. Somebody just does something or says something that rocks your world. But you are so anchored in the truth about loving your enemies and forgiving those when they offend you. You don't end up making decisions or reacting in a way suddenly that produce damage mm -hmm. in a relationship. You're less likely to speak something out of place. Uh, that, that you're going to regret. Satan loves to bring places of offense in our lives mm -hmm. through people, right? Through people that we are interacting with on a daily basis. And if we are caught off guard because spiritually we're not lined up with the scripture, we're going to end up having uh, relationships um, dissolve. You know, they just kind of yeah. implode or we are so reactionary in our responses that we are making decisions that suddenly uh, get us off track. And so, how important is that today, Debbie, with how important is that today in our world that we are in? Because how easy is it for us in these places to take offense and to really act out of anger or hatred when really if our core is grounded and strong in the word, we are not going to end up in those places. And when we find ourselves in a place of offense or anger or hatred, the recovery time that we have to, you know, it doesn't take long to go into a spirit of offense, but it does take a long time to work up the trust after that spirit offense has happened. It is so important that we keep that spiritual core going so that we don't get easily offended. Again, this is certainly a time where we need that in, in a very great way. We had so many patients that we saw over the years who had chronic issues mm. because they didn't deal with it when they really needed to deal with mm -hmm. it and chronic issues wear you down so if your spiritual core is not strong then you end up uh just getting tired and you lower your defenses you lower your guard and it's uh it's you end up making decisions that you look back and then go where was my head on that yep. i have so many regrets so it's yep. so important laura that belt of truth that alignment with the word of God, not only um, to keep me from sinning, but to keep me from destroying other relationships in my life as well. Yep. yep. You know, I think as we wrap up today, Deb, there's two final thoughts um, on the belt of truth that we can take. And again, 
everything that we just talked about with core strength is there in order for us to stand strong and recognize deception in our lives. But for a Roman soldier back in those days uh, when Paul would be writing this word, if you didn't have your belt on, it wasn't like, whoops, I forgot my belt. It was actually a punishable offense for a soldier not to have a belt on because the belt is what marked them as a soldier of Rome. Wow. I mean, we can go so many ways with that. We should be wearing the belt of truth because walking in the truth is what should identify us as a child of God, you know, grounded on the word, obeying and believing and operating the way that he has called us to go. But it was actually an embarrassment to the Roman soldiers when they were found not to be having their belt on. And really, if you look into the history of it, they were they were shamed for not having their belt. They were embarrassed because of that. Um, we as soldiers, you know, we should be walking in the truth unashamed. Look what happened to Eve, Deb. What was the first thing that happened when she walked out of the truth, when she believed the illusion or the deception that the enemy was bringing along her way? What was the first thing that happened to her and Adam? They ran and they hid. They experienced shame because they had operated in a place that was not operating in the truth. We will end up ashamed. You know, God came so we don't have to be ashamed. We will end up ashamed if we're not walking in the belt of truth. Just really quickly, a couple years back, Dan and I did Bike to the Bay. Uh, from Dover down to the beaches in Delaware, and we rode our bikes for 75 miles right there. I can just stop and say this certainly could not have been me, but I did do this race (laughs) and finished it and had a wonderful time, very painful, but wonderful. And when we started out, uh, I remember it may have been mile five or six. Dan and I were pretty much keeping up with each other, and um, there were pink arrows on the sidewalk, I'm sorry, on the street that would show you which way to go when you got to major intersections or major turns. Well, I know that my husband was being pretty social on this bike ride and chit-chatting with other other bike riders. I wasn't necessarily with him at this time, but you were probably. Got to a place- were you ahead of him? <laughs> no, I was way behind. <laughs> but fortunately, I did not follow him because he. Um, I was looking for these pink arrows that would lead me the right way because I was by myself most of the time. And Dan um, followed the wrong arrow because what I noticed on this bike ride was that last year's arrows were still on the road they just were not as bright because though you know it had been a year and the the wear and tear from the weather dan followed the wrong arrow it looked like the right arrow it was pink like the arrow should have been but it was last year's arrow right it was not the truth for this day it was not the truth that he should have been following And so Dan followed that arrow and it just makes me laugh because he says he didn't even realize how far off he was until he ended up kind of in the middle of a game of waffle ball that kids in a neighborhood were playing. And he was in this neighborhood kind of saying, what am I doing here? Why is nobody else riding a bike? And he realized how far off he was and he lost a couple of miles from that. Now, he didn't have to tell anybody his story because nobody else was with him, but he did tell us what had happened. And and quite honestly, he didn't tell it like he was proud about it. He was kind of embarrassed. Like, I followed the wrong arrow. I ended up in the wrong place. When we choose to follow anything other than the standard of God's word, the standard of truth, we are going to follow the wrong arrow. We are going to end up in the wrong place. It is going to set us back, and it is going to make us frustrated, embarrassed, and um, just seeking out the right arrow next time. Um, But man, it was embarrassing if you did not have your belt on. 
As we wrap up, Laura, Romans 1, 26, what a great verse for a conclusion of today. They exchanged the truth about God. That's an exchange. Like they gave mm. that up. And what did they get in response at, for a lie? Mm. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie. And mm. they worshiped and served created things rather than the creator mm. who is forever praised Amen. Look what happens, Laura, when we don't put that belt on first, when we don't align our lives with the truth of the word of God. Yep. We are we are making an exchange. Yep. We're giving up God's plan for us in exchange for something that's based on a lie that's coming from that invisible enemy whose goal, whose mission is to steal, kill, and destroy. But he does it so often in a very, he's the father of deception. So we we end up, you know, really buying into something that we don't realize uh, was the poop and the brownie. Right? Yeah, yeah. Until, we don't want it. Until it's late. And then we end up worshiping things and and things and people and not yep. god and how yep. tragic that ends up absolutely the consequences in your life absolutely so w- this has been fun yes this yes. has been fun dealing with the this the truth the belt of truth and, yep. and next week on our next podcast we're going to be doing how to guard your heart yep and this will be focusing on the piece of the armor of the breastplate of light righteousness yep so we want to thank you everybody for joining us today we're so grateful for you uh, if you are enjoying this podcast, we ask you that you share it with your friends. Uh, we love the f- opportunity that we're having to build this community of Beyond the Building. And uh, so, Laura, any final words or are we ready to wrap it up? I think the final word is let's keep our belt on, right? Let's keep everything aligned to God's standard and start there. Make sure everything's connected to it. Um, it's the best place to be. And especially today, we are going to stand out if we are men and women who are standing on the truth of God's word. So thanks for being with us today. Let's keep our belts on and we will see you uh, next time. Thanks so much for being a part. Bye-bye. Take care, everybody. We believe that God will use what was shared to encourage you as you step into the more that he has prepared for you today. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, remember, you were created for more 